All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to uh, part two of our top 10 list for uh, 2020 uh, games. So if you missed the last part, I don't know what the fuck you're doing here. You can go back and listen to it. Um, but in case you need a little friendly reminder, this is our, our top 10 list we do every year. Um, put together and we don't know each other's list. Uh, it's a fun thing that we do. Uh, that's my favorite recording session every year. Um, but uh, for it's been it's been a few minutes for us. It's been a, a week for you guys. So real fast here, I'll run through our uh what we have, we so far we've done ten through six. Uh, right now, Gables is uh, number ten is Fall Guys, number nine is Battletoads, number eight is Doggerai, number seven is Among Us, and number six is Street Rage Four. My number ten is Street Rage Four. My number nine is Resident Evil Three. My number eight, Doom Eternal. Number seven, Ghost of Tsushima, and number six, Battletoads. So far, we've done we've each done five, and we have Street Rage Four and Battletoads in common. So, who would have thunk it? We'd have uh, not only two games in common, but also uh, two beat 'em ups in common. So uh, pretty crazy year. Um, but Gables, we are going on here. We're going to start at number five. Gables, what's your number five game of 2020? All right. So at number five, it is the expansion from Destiny 2 Beyond Light. Nice. Now, Destiny 2, I was not, I have not been into the game for a hell of a long time. As a matter of fact, the last time I was really into the game besides this year was all the way back early 2018 and that was back when I finished a campaign run and stuff with a couple of friends but since then I fell out of Destiny 2 playing other games online that were distracting me and this year when Beyond Light came out got like a couple of messages from a couple of friends and during the lockdown stuff I was playing quite a bit of Destiny 2 as a matter of fact it was kind of funny because before this year, I was at least under 70 hours, and when I looked at the time for how much time you waste in Destiny, <laughs> that little fun site where you get to see how many hours you spent playing the game, I had eclipsed it over to like a good solid 50 hours over. So I'm like, it was like over 100 hours now spent, and most of my time has been... Gables. Gables, I, I got to tell you what? real fast. I'm sorry to interrupt you. What? So I went and looked at your profile. Let's see how much time you put in some games. Uh, yeah. According to your, your game clock on PS5, uh, it says you put in over 230 hours into Destiny. Of which one? Two. Destiny 2, 230 hours? Yes, according to, according to that. It's saying 230 <laughs> hours. It's not 100% accurate because some games are off, but not that much off. That must have included the idle time, too, yeah, because I, that game was on idle, and I was doing a whole bunch of glitch-looking and stuff with some of my uh, other friends, too. So, 230 hours. So, a lot of that time was actually spent this year because of uh, doing exotic quests, doing some bit of, like, uh, online matches, and obviously it was kind of hilarious. Beyond Light, this expansion is actually a fairly good expansion, is... In my honest opinion, it's a little bit below Forsaken, from what I've played so far, above Shadowkeep. But at the same time, there was a lot of good weapons that were presented. I liked the campaign, and I loved the element of the stasis class. It was so it was so good in that regards, where I felt it was comparable enough to repeat it a couple of times. with Not only just with my warrior class, but also for my warlock and my hunter. So all three of them were able to relatively increase their light level up to almost like uh, close <laughs> between all three and I, I thought it was kind of hilarious because the soft cap I think was like a, about 1230 and I think all my characters now are pretty close to that and I think the hard cap is at least I want to say 1260 roughly before like going inside a raid stuff but the content is there you know the story element i thought was fine it was good for what it was and stuff a lot of the weapons that are presented in this game that you get from uh like a uh, and stuff through europa that planet you know it's like it's it's fine you know you get a lot of good decent weapons from completing his missions and stuff from the main campaign europa in and of itself you know is actually a pretty fun area to explore i thought it had a lot of good like uh hiding place spots where you can find different types of lost sectors and I thought the lost sectors were pretty challenging in their own right and uh, one of the things I really loved about it was 
once you complete the main campaign and you finally get your stasis and you're able to find out how completely broken the stasis class is when you're playing it in the actual game, it, it is so much fun. And it's also so much fun to freeze things in the place and then move around the map. This is me, like, with my last playthrough as, a, like, a warlock and stuff. I literally froze something in place, and I started zipping around the damn map, and I started, like, just sniping stuff, freezing things, making them explode, doing this and doing that. It's just the amount of fun I was having by getting my character, just experimenting with these new powers, right? That, in and of itself, made it a lot more worthwhile to me, but it definitely did play a role of why I got back into Destiny 2. And I'm very interested in seeing how the game will play and how it will be for consoles like PS5 and Xbox Series X. So yeah, that's my number 5 game of the year. The expansion for Destiny 2 Beyond Light. Well, very cool. That's good. I'm glad, I'm glad that made your, made your top 10 list. Um, my number 5 is a game that honestly, I, I probably could probably was should have been my most surprising game of the year um another game uh, this is a game that i a game type that i mean i've talked about plenty of times i just don't like and that's roguelikes i just don't like them um and uh super giant game uh, hades uh came out early access a couple years ago and i was just like ah. i love super giant games i love transistor um and bastion um i just i don't want i don't want to I, I love their games but i don't want to play like and I end up just picking it up. I'm like, fuck it, I'll try it out. And for a solid two plus weeks, completely absorbed by this game. Um, nice. Yeah, love this game so fucking much. Ran through it so many times, trying to get better and better. You could slowly progress. You know, I remember that it took me uh, like probably six, seven tries to finally get through that first, just to get through the first uh, area, the first beating that first boss. It just felt so great. Um, even beating the, the mini bosses was just a challenge in itself, and that felt great. Um, like you had to fight like there's these like twins that like throw bombs in the first area, and it just took me a try. So I got there and beat the first boss. It was just um, everything about that game. Every time you get through a room and you get through there unscathed, um, it's just great. And especially like when you get through that like a boss fight, and it's like usually you're gonna get fucked up a little bit in the boss fight, but it's like you get through, you haven't lost any of your lives because you can upgrade and you can add lives and uh, to your uh to each run um you know like you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do well or not and you like sometimes you get those like you know every time you replay you get boons which um you get the random every time what you what are options for you and you gotta pick them and sometimes you just get those those bills that just work so well and everything's just flown so great together where it's like i had one where it's like every time i dashed anything any enemy near me got shocked and then, like, I had, like, a ability where I can charm enemies, and they'd help me out for a few seconds. And I was like, you can add on top of those and make them more powerful, or you can add more boons to your to your uh, arsenal in that game, in that playthrough. And it's just, uh, I've had just somewhere I was kicking fucking ass and just flying through. And it's just the feelings you get playing that. And, like, you, everything's just working, your, working well for you. It's just great. And then there's, like, the times you go through, and it's like, all right, I'm not doing great, but... I'm just going to focus on getting permanent upgrades and shit like that. Like, it just, there's always, it never feels like um, a run's wasted where it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm learning, you know, when the ones where you're doing well, you're trying to actually beat the game and you're just like, I'm learning what boons work for me, what, you know, play styles, what weapons work best for me. And then it's like, when you're like, you just start off shitty and you're having a great run, but it's like, I can get, I can, instead of focusing on getting boons and upgrading those, I can just focus on getting, coins and like get i can't remember what they're called but there's like um things you can get and and then while playing the game that you can use to permanently upgrade uh your character like you can permanently upgrade the health or add more lives to your runs or um do it so like you do more damage when you hit people in the back and that was like one thing i focused on for sure was like upgrading my ability where, like i dash behind people and fucking to wreck them um then like i had like my i found a great weapon where it's like a it's basically like Captain's Martin, Captain America's shield where you can throw it and it just bounces off fucking enemies and you just fucking fucking people up. Especially if you can add um, really good boons to that where it, like it does extra damage to them. And it's just it's just, yeah. I this game is fantastic. Where it's like I don't I'm not gonna sit there and say oh I like roguelikes now. It's, I think it's, this is definitely the exception, not the rule for me. Uh, where it's like yeah, I'm not gonna just start going back and look at Rogue Legacy or. A, a spelunky things like that like I, I that's not my jam but like this is one where it's just a game that i should not like and i adore and it's like 
The only reason it's number five and not higher is just because I was not, I, I'm just not good enough to beat this game. Um, and it's like I got through, the, I got all the way to the last level. I never could make it to the final boss. That's, uh, um, that's uh, Hades himself. But like, um, you know, just, I felt like nothing was wasted in this game. Everything felt great. Um, one of the most pure fun games I played this year where it's just a fucking blast. Like this, a lot of people are like, talking like when this game came out like it kind of felt like it was a came out of nowhere too like it's been an early access for over a year but it's just like finally came out and like i think a lot of people like decided to wait for it to come out at, for full release and it came out and it just blew people away and it um, blew me away too game one of those things where like, i was talking about um a couple weeks ago where it was like you know final fantasy 7 is a game i bought and i got to that fomo and i was like oh fuck i guess i'll check it out and that's just one of those games where it's like uh, yeah i love super giant games but i don't like roguelikes like i said and it's just like I'm like, all right, fuck, I'll check it out. And yeah, Pet a Blast this game. That's so good. Um, and if you haven't played it, what the fuck's wrong with you? Go play this game. But that's my number five. It is uh, Hades. Gables, what's your number four? My number four is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh my god, okay. Let me tell you something, man. This game, systematically, was one of the games I loved playing the most in regards to back when the COVID stuff first started to hit. A lot of us got a bunch of different types of, like, uh, a bunch of different things done. For me, my routine for a good solid month and a half was definitely going through playing Animal Crossing New Horizons, making friends with villagers, harvesting a bunch of my fruit, selling a bunch of things, and, like, obviously trying to create a whole bunch of different shit. And, man, that game took over. Man, it's still fun to play. I still go back to it a little bit time and time, but yeah, it was so much fun. It was so pure. It was something that was definitely needed at that time. And I got to admit, you know, I mean, there's some aspects where I do want to go back to it. I'm probably going to have to adjust the clock because I want to actually go through and uh, get the Halloween event and also go through the freaking Christmas thing because I missed both of those. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, you know what? The game was very lighthearted. I definitely had a bunch of fun times with uh, some bit of my friends where I've explored, like, some bit of uh, people's towns and stuff. And I did have a whole bunch of, like, uh, good solid stuff, you know, collecting bugs, collecting fish, doing whatsoever. But uh, the thing about the game is, even though I did spend a good solid, like, amount of time, at least over 100-something hours playing the game... It finally got to a point where it's like I had to set this game down. I wanted to go through and play other stuff. And quite honestly, I played, I stopped playing it because of another game. But for the time that it came out and for how much I did enjoy it, I felt like it was worth every moment. And it's definitely something I can keep continuously going back and just add on to stuff if I really feel like it. And so for my number four game of the year, it's Animal Crossing New Horizons. Wow, that stunned me. I thought that honestly thought that'd be your game of the year. So uh, I can't wait to get the top three now. Um, <laughs> all right, moving on to my number four. Um, it was a PS5 launch game. It's a game like we didn't know that was even happening until just June of this year. Um, game I end up loving, I, I'd argue more than the than the first one, and that is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, nice yeah it's man this game so i mean it's it's a shorter tighter experience um and you know i I wasn't like my expectations weren't super high it's kind of like you went in with like uh uncharted lost legacy where it's like my you know i thought i I knew it'd be a good game but it's like i i I didn't have super high expectations and i went and i was just like blown away by how big that game actually was like it's it i think i ended up beating like four or five hours but like there's, there's how much they put into it like uh, of a budget they put into it stunned me. It's like same with this one where it's like there's a lot more to it's it's not just a side game. It, it really is its own game in itself. Yeah, it's not a, a 15 20 hour story. There's not 30 40 50 hours of extra shit you can do, which I honestly would I, I mean I felt like works better for this game where it's like um I thought all the side missions in this game were at worst were good where uh, I didn't feel like there was no filler bad side missions where like go chase and catch these birds or go uh, get some um, particles from the smog over here. You know, it's like I actually enjoyed, I, I played at least one of each side mission and each one um, were, were at least good. None of them were like bad 
filler, you know, combat. There wasn't like a million crimes every time, every every two blocks wasn't a crime happening. Right? Like, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta, I gotta stop and fucking take down six hundred cars. Or I think I took down like ten this game. Um, it's, it's you know, I felt like Miles and his 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 powers and like it's yeah, it's a Spider-Man combat system. But I feel like his powers with like he can uh, camouflage and his lightning powers made it he. They did a good job making it feel like it's its own. It stands out on its own. It's like I'm almost gonna miss them, uh, especially lightning powers in the uh, and Spider-Man Two whenever that happens. Um, and like just like the 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 game, the story itself. Right? I thought the story was fantastic. Uh, you know, it's like I didn't want to beat it basically in a day. I beat this whole game essentially in one day. I didn't really plan on doing that, nor did I want to do that. Uh, but it, it, it's like sex. I don't want to come in two minutes, but it's just, it happens, you know? <laughs> I can't help myself. It's just too good. Just too good. Um, you know? So then that's kind of my way with, you know, with, with uh, Miles Morales, you know? It just happens. Um, and I just, like I said this at the time, it's like, it's it's into the Spider-Verse, the video game, which I love the movie. Um, the music in this game is awesome. I love, I love the main, the main uh, music in this game that it's the Spider-Man theme from the first game. But they added its own twist to it and flair to it. It's like it's so good. Like when the after you essentially beat the first mission and you're perched up uh, on the top of a building um, as Miles in a spider suit, and it plays a, a song from the actual Spider Verse uh, album, and that was just like my my eyes welted up a little bit. I'm like, oh my god, yes, they're doing it because I just like I said I love that movie so much. But yeah, like I I adore this game. Uh, w- a game, I, I I knew I'd like this game, but I did not think I'd like it as much as I actually ended up liking it. So, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales, uh, phenomenal game. Um, but that's my number four. What about you, Gables? What's your number three? All right. So, for number three, we're going to go back to the past a bit. So, for number three, it's Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 <laughs> Remaster. Well, remake. <laughs> thing about me i absolutely love the tony hawk games the early tony hawk games from the 90s early 2000s yeah those were games when i picked them up and i started playing them i got addicted i got really really into them so the first game played on the 64 second game i played on the ps1 so it's a big old shift fun fact tony hawk's pro skater 2 along with smackdown 2 know your role those were my first two playstation games Hmm that I remember playing back when I was like 13, 14. Both of those games, good quality. Flash forward to 2020, and Activision releases Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 plus 2. I get the game. It's, what, it was like, what, 30, 40 bucks or something uh, like 40. that? Yeah, 40 bucks. I put it inside my PS4, install it. The moment I get to play as Tony Hawk, go down that same stage it was like i had not even left <laughs> the game you know it felt like i was back when i was a kid playing the original tony Astro skater the only difference is the game looks better the game has the classic tracks and a lot of the dicting new ones honestly that's what kind of surprised me but i completed both games the campaign for one and the campaign for two. Oh, all wow. the side objectives, all the secret tapes. Jesus. Just like what I did back in the day. And it absolutely made me freaking happy. Absolutely happy. It's exactly the type of experience I've been wanting to play for years. A good, solid Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game. And I hadn't had that type of moment since going through Tony Hawk's Underground back so many years ago and even like over the past couple of years when i rebought three and four on the ps2 and i completed them (laughs) but it doesn't get much it doesn't take much in order for me to get into a specific type of game but because i was heavily into the whole extreme sports skateboarding thing because of tony hawk back then I got so into it, got so into that culture, got so into just like, you know, going into trying to emulating like tricks, doing this and doing that shit, and then having to play a game from my teen years and stuff and completing that again, you know, man, 
that is definitely what makes a game one of the games of the year for me because it's a return to form of a classic series and it's something that like when people got to experience Crash Bandicoot and like that the re you know the same developer actually go through and uh remastered that you know got their hands upon the Tony Hawk games and actually made them feel like the Tony Hawk games of old without all the various bullshit of five and it's like you know what I'm happy with what I played so that's why it's number three <laughs> very nice very cool man that's awesome um well going on to my number three is a game that I don't think a lot of people remember um but it was actually uh, revealed at a uh, like one of those Nintendo partner directs, uh, the shadow uh-huh. drop game, uh, it's like six, I think it was like six or eight bucks on the, uh, eShop. Um, is game came out earlier this year, um, on the PC is a game called a short hike. Um, Oh, uh, just a perfect, adorable little game that I absolutely needed. You know, like I was talking about, like, you know, it's, it's a pandemic, uh, summer's pretty shitty playing all these dark games, you know, it's just, everything's bad, you know, it's just like, and then, you know, turn around, you had battle toes and then we had this game and it's just, I, I, I beat it. Like I, it's only like hour and a half, maybe two hours for me to beat it. And there's so much more to this game if you want to do more of it. But, uh, yeah, so it's like uh, just a game where you are, a, I can't remember the name of the main character, but like she's a bird. Um, and, you have you're on you go on a summer camp and it's just a bunch of animals. Everybody there, there's all animals, and she uh, wants to talk to her mom, but she gets no cell phone service. Uh, the only place that has cell phone service is the is the top of the mountain on this this summer camp that you're at. So it's all about her trying to get to the top, but you can't. You have to collect uh, feathers. Like you have to get these gold feathers, and it gives you like um, each one gives you basically like a jump, and you can mm-hmm. and you can uh, fly longer. Uh, and you can, are you, it's basically like a stamina bar where like you need it to climb, you need it to uh, jump you need, like for the more you add up, the longer you can climb or the, the more jumps you can add onto your, to what you can do, the longer you can uh, coast when you, when you're flying. Um, it's just all about, you just walk around the island just, and you're just, you're just discovering things. Uh, you know, it doesn't, it looks very much like a, like a D it has like a DS art style to it where it's, it's, you know, it doesn't, it's not. Uh, 4k hdr game it doesn't um blow you away there but i think the art style still is really good uh the music is perfect for what this game is um you know i just i love just walking around the world and exploring things and just like after like you don't like the, the world isn't like it's not obviously it's not huge it's not Assassin's Creed huge it's not uh big but it feels big like you just like after like an hour just wandering around this this little camp it's like I was still finding new new characters and new things to do and like bumping into people and playing volleyball with some other characters or um, I was collecting seashells throughout the game and this lady is like, oh, I need oh, I need seashells and you get a feather from her and you can like, you basically, you have to like go around and you have to like uh, do things to help people out and they give you, you get a feather and you get X amount, you need an X, there's like a minimum amount of feathers you need to get to the, the top but there's a shit ton more feathers you can get if you want to. Uh, kind of like, like um, doing the, the 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 shrines in Breath of the Wild, like there's a probably there's a minimum you really need to do to get like if you want to get like the Master Sword, but you can you know you, if you you want to do them all, you can do them all. It's kind of the same idea, really. There's not a hundred. Oh, okay. There's not 120 feathers, but there's like I think there's like 20, and you only need like 12 or something like that. But yeah, like this game, just the story and the characters and like just the, it's just charming. The whole thing is charming. And just like I said, finding little things like. A uh, woman lost her headband. You have to find a headband and just like uh, going through people dealing with, with tough times. And um, it's just game. Like after I beat it, I didn't want, I was kind of, I was really sad. It was over. Like I did not want to, I didn't want, I didn't want to be over. I didn't want to, like, I couldn't wait to like get to get to the end, but I just didn't, but I didn't want to get there either. And it's just like, you know, it's like people were talking about like animal crossing was that escape for, for them for this year. And like you said, you put over a hundred hours into it this year. And it's just like, for me, for that like two hours there, this was like I felt that feeling playing this game that people got for Animal nice. Crossing, and that's like this. I fuck me. I wish there was a uh, a hundred hour thing for this because I if, if I, I could I could spend a hundred hours if there was enough things for me to do on that fucking island uh, or that camp because yeah, this game is 
for what it is, it's perfect. And uh, I think more people need to check it out. It's I, I it's only I think it's only on PC and Switch right now. But um, if you if you're able to, just l- at least look up a trailer. Um, I feel like y- if you'll know within 30 seconds if this is a game or not. But yeah, I I, I like much like a lot of these games in here. I adore it. Uh, and this is one of those uh, uh, you know it's like you're talking about with like um, uh, the dog ride where it's like you just took a chance on a game and it you know. It stuck for you, and you end up really enjoying it. And that's what a short hike was, where it's like I took a chance on it, and it definitely stuck with me. And I, I loved it. And this is like when I was putting this top, when I was putting this list together, it was a game I did not think would be number three for me, um, especially looking at like the rest of my list uh, before it. But it's just the more I thought about them, you know, it's just like no, that, that makes sense. That's where that game needs to be. So yeah, number three, a short hike. Uh, Gables, what's your number two? All right, my number two game of the year is Ghosts of Tsushima. Oh, okay, wow. Well, you know what? The thing that really decided it for me was, even after the extent I went through and played that game, it has an excellent atmosphere. It has an excellent sandbox. Everything around Gene and everything around, like, from the characters that are fun, you know, and, like, they're interesting to a certain extent. The ones you had to... The ones, especially, you had to go through and do your side missions and that... Just the aspects that you can uh, go through and adjust in terms, like, say, the photo mode in the game, because the landscapes and everything, it just sets such a fantastic scenery. I did so much in regards to taking little bits of photographs here and there. The combat, solid. Very tight. I really loved that I could go into, like, a, a Mongol village and stuff like that and just take out a whole platoon or a whole squadron and stuff like that with hardly any type of, like... Uh, with just with minimal effort, pretty much, you God know, it was coins. that. <laughs> what was really interesting is like how fluid everything looked, even under like HDR, even with everything else that uh, was going in terms of the performance of the game. I never once encountered any type of different slowdown, any type of different like anything chugging or not performing well. No radical glitches or here or there. It was just me going through as Gene, riding on horseback, discovering different locales, like taking on different like like side missions that maybe have like a yokai or two or whatsoever, or maybe like have like uh, like a couple different tasks where you actually find out there's like a bunch of like like uh, bandits or something that took advantage of uh, this one shopkeeper or whatsoever, and you have to go through and like do this and do that. And there was, like, some sad, like, side missions that uh, you would come across, like, you come across a uh, a man or something that is calling for your help and stuff, and he basically was going for help because a bunch of bandits, bandits like, uh, kidnapped his wife and kids or something like that, and he ran and all this other shit, which, by the way, that whole side mission, though, it still kind of pissed me off because you basically go through, this is going to be a little bit of a miniature spoiler for those that don't want to be spoiled here, you basically go and track them down right you have to track down you defeat them you defeat these like enemies right eventually but you track down you find out that his wife and kids have uh, been murdered and stuff and you have to tell him about it and quintessentially just honestly like uh this the whole general tone and feel like kind of like i agreed with gene and stuff like that he basically ran and stuff and let his family be slaughtered in that regards you know for this and that but uh, it's just moments like that where it's just kind of stern, it's kind of serious, and all of a sudden you go to these different side missions that kind of contribute to the overall world and the severity of what's going on in that regards. But even so, there are still a bunch of good moments where you can go find a fox shrine, you know, follow a fox, do that, go through all these luscious, like, woods, all these grasses and stuff, get to the destination. Maybe you'll find a pond and stuff, and you'll end up writing a haiku maybe somewhere or just going and drifting in certain things. Everything about this, the sandbox world that's inside of the game goes to Tsushima. It is just oozes with quality, just oozes with like a lot of intelligent design. In my personal opinion, this is like the Magnum Opus of Sucker Punch right here, where it's each game they've done, each game they've contributed to, whether it be Sly Cooper or even the Infamous series has led up to, them creating a fantastic 
game inside of a new series that they've released this year with Ghost of Tsushima. I do not doubt in my mind that there's going to be a sequel to this game. I don't know how that's going to be done, but at the same time, we have not seen the last of this of like uh, this game of this series in general, and I feel like this is a great solid beginning and stuff for <clears throat> this game. So yeah, my number two game of the year is Ghosts of Tsushima. Very nice, Gables. Very nice. Well said. Uh, my number two, uh, just like Shore Hike, a stunner for me. Just like Hades, stunner for me. Uh, my number two game of uh, 2020, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Nice. Yeah, I... What a game, man. What a fucking game. <laughs> this game is way better than it had any right to be, where it's like... I feel like, you know, I was like, okay, this is for the fans. This is, you know, I had, like I was saying, when we, for our biggest surprise, where it's like, this was a game I had zero interest in until literally the, the morning of the game coming out. And I just, like, saw people talking about it. I'm like, all right, fuck it, I'll try it out. Fuck it, I'll, I'll buy it. And, you know, I just didn't have anything else to play. I'm like, fuck it, I'll give it a shot. And immediately was enthralled. And I remember, like, um, my uh, ex was over here. And she had some family over here, and they were playing cards. And she's like, you got, you want to come play cards with us? I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm playing Final Fantasy VII. And for like hours, I just sat on the couch playing Final Fantasy VII when I playing cards. I'm like, ah, no, I'm good. This game is, this game's too good. And like, I just, it just, it, this was like the game where it just brought me back, um, you know, to, to like that childhood where like growing up, I, JRPGs were my favorite, uh, games to play. Like I, if it was a JRPG, it didn't matter what it was, I'd play it. Um, and just, you know, kind of growing out of that as I got older and got into my, you know, to becoming an adult and just they don't really stick with me. And like every now and again, I'll, I'll, I'll get into one for a little bit and I fall off of them. And this is a game like I think I put over 40 hours into before I finish it. And like I I do all the side quests and the side missions when they pop up. Um, did, you know, try to get all of the, uh, what they call like the, the power up special moves you can get. They give the characters you can do, like you can fight them. I, like, anyways, I just, I just, Really like this role. I, I like this game. I love the world that they're in. Um, I just stunned by how like good it was. Like the combat is fucking fantastic and addicting. Where I never got bored of it. And just I loved like how difficult it was at times. But like you just felt like you're getting back. I've had so many legitimately like really tough boss fights and just like I love the like the live action like turn based fighting system in this where I just felt like it was the best I, I've ever played in, in these kind of games. Like these are the kind of games like when I do get into like RPGs like this, this is the ones that like that really, that really hook me. Um, nice. But yeah, like, so, like the, the, to me, this is like the best music in the, in the, in games this year for sure. If, like I could, every time I hear the, the battle theme, I just get fucking chills. Um, I like, I was, I was um, telling Gables like uh, the last few weeks, like I, I was like just playing like some video game music um, and this is like it, it's turned to me basically just listen to the Final Fantasy VII remake soundtrack, and it's like you know um, Sephiroth's theme um, is one of them. But like even the menu music to this game is just like ah, oh, this is this is just this feels great. This feels this feels nice. Like, I love that like the final fight with Sephiroth. Um, I guess minor spoilers. He, he fights. He's the final boss in the game. Um, is awesome. I loved my favorite battle moment probably in gaming this year is when you have to fight the the giant house in the fucking in the um, <laughs> in the tournament in the coliseum uh was great and it was just a fucking frustrating fight but i loved it where it's like i remember it was like a 20 minute fight because it's like he's he's your hits do very little damage but i was like i remember like I, I died like halfway through i'm like god fucking damn it immediately started back up and just it's just a, it's just a, a war uh, attrition where you just like Gotta be smart. Can't get cocky. Just be safe. You know, use potions. Don't, you know, don't let your uh, damage get, you know, too far down. Like, oh man, it was just, it was just a really good fight. It was like, it really tested me um, in a game where, like, not so much the difficulty, but like strategy. Right? In a game where like, I have not felt tested like that in a long time. Um, and like, where I felt like, you know, it's not like where I got frustrated and just stopped, but like, Okay, I, I got this. I got this. And just, I loved it. I loved the story. Um, Jesse, Tifa, Aerith, really wanting that cloud dick was, was just an interesting story. Um, 
I, I um, what's his name? Uh, Wedge um, was an awesome character. Like, I, from what I understand, like these are characters that were barely in the first game. Like they're in it for not even an hour, and like these guys play mm. huge pivotal roles in um, in this in this game, which is just and it's the first part of you know, this is like the first quarter of the main game. Um, that we're playing. It was forty something hours. They, they, you know, it's just like everybody was talking about. Like, because I was, I was kind of fascinated how this game was gonna go, being broken apart. And it's just like, like this whole section is like the first like uh, Midgar is like six, seven hours of of the game. It's like how they can make this a full fucking game. And it's just like I was like I was fascinated by that. And I think that's part of the reason I ended up picking it up. And it's just like they somehow turned what was seven hours into, you know, I mean, you could probably beat the game in thirty if you don't do any if you just you know go through the game, but. I, I had a blast just like with, with even with this grinding in this game like I, I had I'm fun with it because that's how good that battle system was I thought and like doing the side missions some of them, some of the side missions are dumb like go find the cat okay that's stupid or go fight these just kill some rats oh okay but like some of the the boss fights you get out of it are going back to the coliseum after you beat it doing all that and like the the part where Cloud has to dress up like a woman yeah uh, <laughs> and do the dance sequence and like and do that to the beat was just great. Um, like it's yeah it, oh man it's so good. Like I said, this I think the story's really good. And it's like I said, like I don't, I really find most JRPGs at this point kind of cringy. So when it comes to like the characters and the animation, it's like this one. I was just like, I'm all in. And it's like I beat a fucking R, uh, JRPG Gables, uh, thirty one yeah. year old, I get thirty at that time year old Tyler beat a JRPG. I never thought I would I would say that. Like it's in my my adult life ever again like yeah just like i can't fucking wait for like for the next one of these like that it's definitely up there for like most anticipated sequel of final phase 7 remake uh is up there for me like i love this fucking game and it's like i i can't wait for you to sit down and play it because i i can't wait to talk to you about it it's like i i just want to fucking <laughs> I, I just want to put it on easy and like put new game plus and just plot the game in just listen to the fucking music and just go go through the story. Like that's how much I like the story. It's like I want to I want to spend more time with these characters. Like I and yeah, oh man, it's so good. It's it's fantastic. So that's my number two, Final Fantasy VII remake. Gables, what's your number one? All right. So my number one game of 2020 should come as no surprise to people who know me. Last of Us Part Two. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you. Anyway, <laughs> it's Persona 5 Royal. <laughs> so, what is there to be said, really? I mean, Persona 5 Royal, the reason why I consider it to be the best game that I've played this year comes from a couple of factors. One, when it comes to RPGs, JRPGs, it normally takes me a little bit more time to get into some of them, and especially something that is known to be quite a lengthy experience. A normal playthrough of Persona game is at least 100 hours or over. And a lot of that is due because of the story. The story that ends up building over time and a lot of the different social features that you have to do inside of some of these later Persona games. This started with Persona 3 and it's worked its way over into Persona 5 Royal, which in of itself, is like the definitive edition, the more or less the, the, uh, not only just the definitive edition, but it has a lot of, like, the extra stuff that makes it worthwhile of another release, honestly. So, Persona 5 Royal, the story of it is absolutely fantastic. It's a slow burn. Quintessentially, you start off as a kid that's being transferred over to, like, a Shibuya and this and none of that because of uh, an altercation that he ended up getting into by from some uh, some dude that's, like, pretty much, like, coming onto a woman and stuff like that. He was drunk, belligerent and stuff, and he basically got, basically sued the kid and this and that and ended up winning that thing, and he gets sent over to, like, uh, someone that his parents knew and stuff that, who they owed like he owed a favor to them or something and so you're in this you're inside this pretty much this coffee bar right and so your process throughout this entire game here is to build up your social standings and stuff make sure you do your homework make sure you 
go and have all these various stuff. On top of that, a mystery starts to unfold with all these psychotic breakdowns of people occurring around, like, the... All around, like, the city area. So you have, like, people, like, say, on a subway, like, these, uh, the lead conductor of a subway, like, monorail thing, all of a sudden he has a psychotic breakdown and crashes and all this other shit goes on. And, like, your basic story elements you have to go through and find out the mystery of that on top of exploring all these different forays into people's minds, right? In order to help not only extend, like, the the effect of people believing in the Phantom Thieves, but also changing hearts, quintessentially, where you where each individual palace in this game is you delving into a person's heart in order to try to change a lot of, like, uh, what they're doing, what they're thinking, so that way you don't have, like, some sort of major catastrophe that's going to go ahead and do this and do that. Like, for example, the very first one, the very first palace of the game has to deal with a... Well, it has to deal with a teacher at the school you go to. So... This is going to be make a little minor spoilers, but for those that have already played this game and know what I'm talking about, yeah, you're going to go ahead. So the first palace is I have to deal with this teacher by the name of Kamashita, And basically, this guy has this, like, uh, has this sort of, like, uh, constructional things where it's part of, a, like, a different set. So it's like each, each palace is more or less akin to, like, the seven deadly sins, quintessentially. And his is lust. And so all of his dungeon is, like, uh, his palace is structured after this theme. And so you get to delve into this guy's psyche and what he really thinks of, like, his students and also, like, of the girls and all the other stuff, like his own students and this and that. He's, some, like, some fucked up dude, to be perfectly honest with you. And this is, like, a former Olympic medalist or whatever the hell that his character portrays. But uh, you get to discover little factoids about, like... Uh, of like what he's doing to the students and what's going on this and that and that leads and that kind of builds up to where eventually you have to face up against the shadow version of himself and then go through this and that in order for him to like have his heart change and stuff so it's moments like that where the story slowly builds and then all of a sudden it crescendos like at the end of the palace and all of a sudden after that issue is resolved you have to go to the next one and then the next one and I was left wondering how the hell this story is going to be going through next, you know? And while you're doing that for story-wise, the gameplay, the combat, fantastic. It's a great turn-based RPG. You're going through, you're collecting different personas, you're using communication stuff in order to try to convince them to join your side so you can use their powers so that you can go through, say, in a place called the Velvet Room, where you get to combine all these, like, these... uh personas that you collect all these various demons that you come into contact with to make even stronger versions like stronger forms and so all these complexities they're simple in regards to try to construct they're simple in terms of their understanding but when you combine all these intricacies inside of this slow burn type of a game it crescendos to a point where finally you get over the 100 hour mark and you get close to the end game and everything comes together so effortlessly that it feels like it feels like that uh, second nature, quintessentially. So, at this moment of time, I'm over 130 hours. I'm in the middle of a second playthrough. I've maxed all the social standings, like the social skills, in regards to the five that uh, your character has to go through and level up along the way. Um, amongst that, I'm also going through and catching up on the dialogues of the other characters that I really cared about in regards to the main first playthrough I did. Because you get to find out all sorts of the different side characters, and by leveling up your social-like relationships with them, it makes you more powerful in terms of creating more monsters or gaining certain skills that you didn't have before. And I gotta admit, man, it's like you get to evolve your party members and their personas that they have as well. So everything that you do in this game is not a waste of time. It goes and progresses in some form. That's what I really enjoy about Persona 5 Royal. It is mindful of the player's time. It does not waste your time with a lot of fluff, unless you want to go through and grind in a specific dungeon or specific palace. But, at the same point, it does not insult you. It is mindful of your time. It even tells you inside the various, like, uh, the, the loading screens, it's like, take your time. 
because any type of choice you make inside this game, you know, it's it's impactful of what you go through and do next. But amongst everything else, you know, it's like, oh man, it's such a fantastic experience. And it's really hard for me to really go into any more detail without it, without you actually going through and playing it yourself. But I would recommend, if you've never played this type of game before, I feel like it's one of the more approachable JRPGs in that retrospect. Because even though even though it may seem daunting the way I'm explaining it, all it is really is you starting off with one thing, and that's starting your school life. And then all of a sudden, things will start to build progressively. You meet people, then you'll go through, you'll take little quizzes here and there, because... For some odd reason, they have little factoids about actual historical facts or actual folklore stuff. But then the, then, then eventually, you'll get to build up and understand things to a certain extent to where everything just clicks. And you get things going, and it feels awesome, and you have like all these different like teammates that you can actually go through and use as a specific build or specific characters. God, there's a bunch of characters I love in this game. Even inside my party, you know, like Makoto, she's awesome in terms of, like, being a support character, in terms of, like, uh, using a lot of her abilities, especially her nuclear powers and stuff, her nuclear attack powers that she has. Yusuke, really love this guy. He's an artist. He basically has all these heavy attack, like, uh, persona attacks and stuff from his, uh, from uh, his creature called Goemon and stuff that he has. Oh my gosh. The one final thing I'll say about Persona 5 Royal is one of my most memorable moments was facing off against the Grim Reaper inside of, like, uh, that, uh, the palace, that, uh, the main palace thing. I forget the name of it now. But, uh, it's the one where you get to go down through layers, like, tier by tier and stuff until finally you get to, like, to the end of it, eventually. But there is a high-level boss that frequents this place and you'll only have a chance to beat him if you are at a high enough level to do so and he's there even at the beginning of the game if you dawdle for too long in an area while you're exploring it he'll come out and he'll whip your ass if you're not careful this is a boss at level 80 and here you are you can gain access to fight him at like level 12 (laughs) or some shit but uh, my biggest accomplishment in that game was beating the grim reaper my party was like at the like the early 60s. I was able to do all sorts of various stuff. I collected a lot of items. I collected a lot of various things. And I was able to muscle it. And it was such a slog, but I fucking beat this dude. Like literally after about a good solid 20 or 30 minutes of this one boss battle. And I felt so accomplished. And I got things done so well. And the only reason why I was able to do that is because... I was able to pinpoint, hey, if I can just block him from using these one-hit kill moves, like, from, like, like, uh, for light attacks or, like, dark attacks, these one-hit moves and stuff, these one-hit kill things by using this item or using this item to do through and block this specific type of attack, and I was actually thinking methodically, like, in, like, someone from, like, a fucking MMORPG goes into a fucking raid battle, for God's sake. I was just taking things monotonously. I never do that unless... I'm really into something like this. But, honestly, it's number one for me in the year 2020 because it appeals to what I love most. And that's a great game, great gameplay, great story, great replayability, and it's definitely a fucking fantastic game more people need to play this. And it's on sale right now on the fucking PSM for like 30 bucks as of this writing, as of this recording. <laughs> Very cool, man. Yeah, that's Ooh. awesome. Glad, yeah. But that was one game that you, I remember you stick through this. That's, I thought Animal Crossing or this would be your number one. So very cool. Um, moving on to my number one. Uh, it's the last great game that will ever be put out. Fast and Furious Crossroads. Let's talk about a game. Uh, no. Uh, joking. Obviously, it's uh, Last of Us Part 2 is my number one game okay. of 2020. Um, to me, personally, this is uh, 
the greatest story ever told in video games. I think maybe possibly all of entertainment. Um, where for me, like full spoiler for this game, uh, at this point, I mean it's it's the end of the year. The game has been out. The the story for this game has been out since April. The game came out in June. Um, you know, like the anger that Ellie felt and that that revenge to her that she was basically going on um, throughout the first half of that game. Um, I felt those emotions. Like I was all aboard that. Like I was angry. I was pissed. And I was like for, you know, for Abby and her gang of friends all killing Joel. And it's just like, I wanted to murder every single one of them. And I took joy in killing them all. Um, at that point, it's just like the way they, I think the way they did the twist, um, was great. Like, and I, I admit when I, once I, I got to Abby, like you, you get to that part, um, when you get to the, like basically the end of the second, the first half with Ellie and it's like, you're, you know, it's like, you know, you go through day one, day two, day three, Seattle. And it's like, you get to like that mid, that mid, we get to the switch and it's like day one, Seattle. And you're like, huh? And like, okay. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm playing this Abby now. Okay. Whatever. And it's like, you think you're just going to like, you're going to like fly through that part. Like I'm thinking I'm almost done with the game at that point. And then, to realize, oh no, I'm playing this whole game again from her perspective. And I remember like, I'm like, I know what you're doing and I, I'm not on board. I'm not, I'm not going to, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me to, to, to walk a mile in Abby's shoe and see what she's going through. And like, I'm like, it's not going to work. And it's just like, I remember where it, where it clicked for me, where it's like, I was like, I was slowly like, okay, like my anger for her, my hatred was fading. And I remember what broke for me was like, there's a part in, uh, I think it's in day two, um, in Seattle with Abby, we have to cross this bridge at the top of like, uh, these like two towers basically. And, um, like she's like, you know, she's jacked fucking killing people with their bare hands. Um, you know, this whole time never shows fear. And finally for the first time, like you see her as like, you know, as a, a person, as a character, you see like her emotions other than just anger and like, you know, hatred. And it's like, you see, um, like, you know, she's like scared for her life. She hates, she's like deathly afraid of heights. It's like, you're climbing across this like makeshift, um, bridge that they, that, the um, what's the, the bad guys in the game that whistle, um, Seraphites. Seraphites, yeah. Um, when, you're like you they build this bridge and it's just like rinky dink and it's barely holding on and like you're going across it with lev and it's just like her going through that and you're going through the motion too especially for me like i'm also scared of heights like i i hate heights like i don't even like i don't even i won't even climb ladders and it's like i'm fucking scared and i'm not i'm just moving her forward and it's just like you're going through those emotions with her and you see and like, like i think it's where it's like that's where it changed for me where it's like and you get like okay i like abby like okay i'm on board it's like going through that whole part where it's like you know ellie is on this path going on this revenge tour and like killing everybody that killed joel and it's like abby like who is basically dedicated her whole life of getting revenge and you know that was her life and destroyed pretty much never really had a real like a real like yeah these people were friends but they were yeah, you know, she didn't really have a real, real emotional connection with these people. Like, are like, she kind of like, you know, burned bridges away with them. Where like they just, they didn't click. There was a lot of, they just did not mesh well. A lot of fighting and anger, because she just was so dedicated to like, you know, Joel killed her dad. So now she wants, I'm gonna kill him. And then basically Ellie, uh, Abby killed Ellie's dad. And it's just like going through this. Like, all right, now like. You know, Abby's she spent her whole childhood and adult life on this quest for revenge and got it. And now she's dealing with the fact where it's like, what now? Like I've dedicated my entire life to this. And it's like, how do I deal with that and move on? And like going through like not agreeing with, you know, like the wolves and like the group she's in and um going through and like meeting like you have know, the seraphites and like you have like they're the, these bad people and they are bad people, but like she meets like Lev and it's like totally like 
where she's um, transgender and, um, you know, like she's outcasted and like her, they want to kill her because she, you know, she's like identifies as someone else and, and it's against their ways. And it's just the whole story where it's like you, you have these, you know, preconceived um, notions about people. And it's just like how like walking a mile, you know, like I said, walking a mile in their shoe and like spending time with them. It's like, no, they're, they're not who you think they are. It's like, no, like I totally get that. Like, I understand where Ellie's coming from. I understand where, like, I definitely understood the, that first half where like where Ellie's coming from. I felt that same way. And like, I definitely, but then it's like, I, you know, as you see, it's like Joel, like now the whole part of, of last is part one. It's like, it really plays off uh, of that where, I mean, obviously as it should, where it's like, Joel talked about, it. he was, he's not a good person. He did a lot of shitty things. He did a lot of bad things. And it's like that, that came back to bite him. And like, that was like, you can't make part two without dealing with, you know, the ramifications of the end of part one. And, you know, um, I had a lot of problems at first where it's like, I wanted that adventure of Joel and Ellie. And like, I was fucking crushed when I realized this isn't the Joel and Ellie adventure that I was looking forward to. You know, yeah, I wasn't getting that. Um, but just, you know, how like the whole thing is set up, the whole narrative, like with the Pearl Jam song, um, Future Days. And it's like um, at the beginning when Joel plays on the uh, plays on the guitar, um, if you know, the Future Days song, it's like, if I were to ever lose you, I truly lose myself. And like, that's the whole narrative thread to that whole, this whole game where it's like everything is built on that, that one line. Um, you know, it's like every time uh, Ellie will find a guitar in the game as you're, as you're going through and she... When she's by herself, she plays, she can't finish the, the chord. She can't finish that part because, and like, she'll have flashbacks to like going back to like, you that kind of fills in the gaps of like what happened to them in that, in the, in between part one and two. And it's like all these great moments they had together of like building on that family daughter um, or the father daughter relationship. And then like why they didn't talk anymore. Like what happened? Why didn't, why, why aren't they, you know? what happened to the relationship why are they you know for years they stopped talking and it's like literally the day before he died after years of not talking is the day that like ellie's like i want to try again with you and like want to have a like you know like you're essentially my dad i want to have that um that relationship back in my with you in my life and it's like when you at the end of the game when you realize like the last time i talked was them you know fixing the uh, fixing the relationship and trying to get back to where they were and it's like after years of not talking it's just crushing because you don't realize that throughout like throughout the game you don't realize like like you know like you learn in the game like, okay there was they had a falling out but you just thought that like you know they fixed it they're fine now but it's like no they come to find out for years they just didn't talk or they would barely speak to each other or look at each other because ellie was so mad at him and it's like now it's like literally the 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 day the night before it's like she tries to make amends and you know it's just it's crushing and then like the end of the game after you 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 play through abby and like you get you know she escapes all this and then like she gets captured and then uh it cuts back and so you have this false ending with ellie and uh, her girlfriend and you know she has the kid um with uh uh, what's his name jesse i want to say um yeah and you know, now they're living on this beautiful farm. They're living, it's like they have the, they have the fence. It's just everything that, you know, you can want for her. It's like, you're so, like, and you're like, you're so happy for her. It's like, oh my God, she's like, you know, she, she, she made it. She got out, you know, Jesse, uh, he's gone. It's sad, you know, but they're like living this, um, the picture perfect life where it's like, you know, they have, the, they have the kid, uh, some time has passed, you know, they're together and, but she can't let it go. She can't let the fact that like Abby's still out there go. And like at the, you know, they had that big fight, um, um, before all that. And it's kind of a one and two and Abby, uh, they like Abby almost kills her. Ellie almost kills her. Then Abby almost kills her. And then it's like, basically Abby's like, you know, could have killed her. And then she's like, if I ever see your face again, you're fucking dead and lets her live. And then like, you know, Ellie can't let it go. And she goes back to try to find Abby and kill her. And it's like, she finds, ends up, you know, finding Abby, uh, hung up, uh, you know, on the, after she, you know, she's been captured and basically been a slave for these, this group of people for months at this point. And she's just skin and bones, 
uh, you know, she went from being jacked uh, to just, I mean, literally bones at this point and having that final fight, losing her uh, two of her fingers. And, you know, like she, she has a chance to kill Abby and she just can't do it. And deal with all that. It's like me, like sitting there in that fight where you're fighting as Ellie trying to kill Abby. It's like, it's, it's like a whole counterpoint where in the first fight you're playing as Abby trying to, uh, kill Ellie and now you're vice versa where it's like you don't want to do these things but you're doing them and it's just like I remember like one point where like I like you're like you can you're you're drowning Abby and like you had to like keep pressing I think the square button it's like I just like go to the button I'm like I don't know if this is a choice or not so I just want to see what happens and like Abby kills you and you start the whole like oh, okay I don't have a choice I have to do this and it's like you do it and it's like it puts you in a in a um, feeling where like Games don't do that to you, where it's like, you, where it's like, you know, you have uh, option B or option or option A, option B or option maybe even option C. Or it's like this game where it's like, it's gonna put you in a lot of uncomfortable things. You like they build these characters that you end up loving and now they're fighting and like killing each other. And it's like you don't want to do it, but they're making you do it. Like you're definitely on a path that like this is what you're doing. And it's just, you know the story and like we're telling you the story, um, which I like better. I, I would much rather had this than the option to pick one or the other. Um, and then just the end of the game where um, she goes back to the farm after leaving and she lost her two fingers and um, her girlfriend and the kid are gone. And um, she goes, she picks up the last part. She picks up the guitar and she goes to play the the note. The If I were to lose you, I truly lose myself. And because she lost her finger, she can't play the note. And that's where it ends. And it just completely ripped my fucking heart out where it's just like, I mean, like I said, that, that, that line is the narrative threads of this whole story, but it's like really is like, you know, Joel saying it to her thinking like, if I were to ever lose Ellie, like I lose, lose, like basically like when he lost his daughter, he lost himself until basically Ellie came around. And, um, you know, now it's like Ellie actually lost Joel and she lost herself. And like that whole, um, thread that everything came together. I remember like, um, my, with, you know, talking to my, my, uh, girlfriend at the time now ex and um i was telling her about it and she's like you know she kept asking me are you having fun with this game and i was just like because she, she only saw me play the bits and pieces of it and like i'm not having fun but it's just like i'm utterly addicted to this game i, I want to know more more about the story and just like i remember after the uh the after i beat the game and i was telling her about the that ending and she maybe watched me play a grand total of three four hours of this 25 hour game and she didn't see any of the last half of that game. She's pretty much everything she saw was um, she saw the first little bit up to like right before Joel died and a little bit of Ellie's part. And and I explained the whole story to her and I was like, I was going through it. And I told her the end, that part about she can't play the guitar. And by the time I was done telling the story, she was crying in tears. Like that's how I'm like, just me telling, giving her like the five minute synopsis of the story uh, like broke her. And it's just like going through this whole 20 plus hour campaign. Um, you know, it's like last is part one was just a constant sense of, of dread. I talked about, it's a game I didn't know I ever wanted to play, play again because it was just everything about that part. Everything about that game was just dreadful. And I didn't, I wasn't enjoying it, but I, I just, the story was great. The characters were great. It was that same thing where it's like, I didn't want to put it down, but I didn't want to, I was so, every scene had me nervous. It's like I remember t- uh, my thing about the time and talking about the time where it's like, it reminded me of like watching like Game of Thrones back in its heyday where it's like at any moment moment in time, they can just kill off a major character. Like in any scene, like literally, and they can kill several main characters that they've built the show around for years. And like, we'll just make five new characters and that'd be just as good. And it's like, I mean, every, like every scene, a character I loved would be, and I'm just like, Oh, like, yes, they're on the screen. I love this character, but Oh my God, they can die at like any moment. And that's how I felt about this game where I was like at any moment, like, um, any character can die and yeah i this game is to me like one of like i said i I think it's the greatest story ever told in games um there's definitely more fun games out there there's you know there's definitely better play uh gameplay games out there but i think as a package in itself as a story as a, a amalgamation of characters um and like the gameplay, I mean, it's still, I think it's good. It's really, really good. Um, but I mean, 
probably one of like to me it's one of the greatest games of all time I've ever played. And it's to me it's like I have like PTSD now every time I hear Pearl Jam because of this fucking game. Like no joke. <laughs> every time I it's not even just future days. Fucking even flow can come on and I'm just like oh fuck. <laughs> like I just have like non flashbacks. <laughs> Of playing through this, you fucking, can't listen I just to gotta, Pearl Jam without feeling depressed. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> God damn it! I gotta just pull over now. And like, I was like, I was like, I was at work driving in my truck, and fucking uh, Jeremy pops comes on from Pearl Jam. I'm like, all right, I gotta pull over here and just take take a couple minutes here, get my wits about me. All right, like it's just, you know, I feel like it's like now I know how my dog feels that whenever like someone rings the doorbell, and he just freaks out. That's just me now. Whenever I help fucking Pearl Jam, it's just like, oh my god, we're all gonna die. Uh, that's the way I feel now. Um, yeah, uh, my number one. Last was part two with a bullet. Um, it's the greatest game I think of all time, probably. Uh, I really have. I need to sit down and think about it. We're gonna have to think about it because we're gonna have to, we're gonna do a game of generation podcast here in the future. That's fairly true. But it's like, I think. Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 7 is the most fun game I've played this year, but uh, Last of Us Part 2 is the best game I've ever played, probably. Once I sit down and think about it right now, it's 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 number one. But yeah, that is our uh, top ten list, uh, Gables, and our listeners. Um, a quick run through here. Uh, my number, uh, going through 10 through 1 for me. Number 10, Street Rage 4. Number 9, Resident Evil 3. Number 8, Doom Eternal. Number 7, Ghost of Tsushima, number six, Battletoads, number five, Hades, number four, Miles Morales, number three, A Short Hike, number two, Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and then Last of Us Part Two, number one. Gables is uh, top ten list, starting at number ten, Fall Guys, number nine, Battletoads, number eight, Dog and Ride, number seven, Among Us, number six, Street Rage Four, number five, Destiny Two's uh, Expansion, Beyond Light, number four, Animal Crossing New Horizons, number three, Tony Hawk Pro Skaters One Plus Two Remake. Number two, Ghost of Shima, and number one, Persona Five Royale. Royal. Um, so yeah, uh, number twenty or twenty twenty in the in the books for us. Um, I think by the time we listen to this, we're now in twenty twenty one. But uh, I think we both agree. I think twenty twenty was a phenomenal year for gaming. Oh, Not yeah. so much everywhere else, but in gaming standpoint, what a what a wonderful year I think uh, we had for gaming. Um, and uh, this year we definitely needed it, being trapped in our houses for large portions of it but uh yeah so um without all that done thank you guys so much for listening we'll be back next week with a normal show uh but thank you guys so much for listening to us it's still 2020 for us uh thank you so much for listening to us we've had uh our best year yet in downloads we've been uh doing really well had a huge spike the last uh six months or so and we really appreciate all those new listeners out there um and uh you know a few people listening if you haven't tell your friends uh you know, go on uh check us out all the social media sites we're on them twitter facebook uh we're also on anything you listen podcast at itunes spotify um we're on twitch twitch.tv slash drunk podcast uh youtube give us thumbs ups likes five stars comments shares i think is uh, probably the biggest one for us uh that's that's the way more people can see us is by sharing it on your uh on your facebook or twitter or whatever we really appreciate if you do that for us um but thank you guys so much for listening i was host i was tyler and i have been colonel gables so until next time everyone i hope you have yourself a happy new year and most importantly of all thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the drunk dash nerds podcast and hey gables yeah too sweet buddy too sweet man i guess see ya